Hello and welcome to Explore Your Core. I'm the host Elise and on this podcast we delve inwards and explore topics around intuition, creativity, the mind and wellness. Today I'm joined with Susie Jamal, owner, director of Think Inc, where she tours some incredible intellectual thinkers such as Steve Wozniak and Sam Harris. Susie, thanks so much for joining. Thank you for having me. You're more than welcome. I was wondering if you could tell me how did this start? Thinking is such an incredible, incredible thing that's come about, but where where was it born? Uh, thank you, Elise. I appreciate that. Um, so I actually started the business when I was 22. I just turned 31, so I've been running the business for nine years. It's a very long time. Um, <laughs> and it came about because I was really interested in ideas obviously uh intellectuals these people were my heroes I used to read their books and listen to their podcasts and it was my world but the other half of my world revolved around street culture and hip-hop and so I was able to kind of combine these two passions to create a business which focused on allowing I guess young people to remember that being intelligent is cool right it's like how do you take the ideas that we learn from pop culture and then translate that into important conversations to be had on stage and everyone thought it was a pipe dream everyone thought oh you're going to put a scientist on stage yeah right you're not going to sell any tickets and we sold out three cities our first tour which I was really proud of and that provided us enough leverage to keep going and so that's essentially how it began. That's crazy. That's unreal. And isn't it funny how something that only, you know, that is actually pretty tricky to acquire, like intellect and really thinking that requires effort. It requires time, but somehow in school, it's not cool. Like somehow in school, it's like you want to act like you don't. I know at least that I fell into that chapter of acting like I didn't care. Like I'd be studying on the side and like actually interested in some of the things I was learning, but I'd be like, no, I don't care. Like, I think it's just so normal <laughs> to be able to complain, but it's incredible that there's a movement happening where it is like, yeah, that it is cool. I think it is really cool now to be smart. I think now if you're not intelligent, you're less cool. Uh, and I think I uh, take a little bit of credit for playing part in that <laughs> for the last decade because it, it is true that by bringing people who we idolize and who are kind of rock stars in their field, it does bring a level of cool to the to the topic or the theme you know when you think of the stars when you think of astrophysics and you think Neil deGrasse Tyson he is cool you know like that is a next level cool factor that he has so being able to bring someone like that to stage has I think impacted the way that people see science or see ideas. Mm, and seeing that you kind of revolutionized this how did you still believe in your passion and this idea when people are maybe a little on the fence or not sure how it's going to go like how did you have that belief in yourself that it was going to work you know when you tw- I don't know how old you are Elisa when you're 22 the world is your oyster like it it doesn't feel like that much risk you know I was broke at the time. (laughs) I got a loan from a friend to do it, to to run the first event. I had to pay him 50% of profits. And it was like, I was fearless. And sometimes I look back at myself and I'm like, damn girl, who were you? (laughs) Um, But then also I look back at myself for things I did like last year and I'm like, damn girl, who were you? So it's still, I don't know. It's like this entrepreneurial spirit that I never knew existed within me because being an entrepreneur for me wasn't an option kind of in school. I started the business my first year of law school. I was going down traditional path. You know, I had my my degree in PR. I worked in PR for a year. I hated it. I quit. 
I started law school and started thinking in my first year of law school, I never thought I'd be an entrepreneur. All I knew was that I wanted to make impact. Um, and so when people would say to me, mm, that's a pipe dream, it didn't affect me all that much. I kind of thought, well, this is really interesting and this is really important. And what I've kind of been thinking about a lot more recently is that out of a lot of event promoters, I, I haven't seen a lot of them which are really focused on mission. And I think that's really what sets us apart. It's like, you know, we're doing things first and foremost to make change and impact. And then secondarily, because we're a small business and we're, you know, profit, profit for purpose. But that first, the first objective is, is our mission. Mm. Yeah. And I think that is so important to have. And that's something that almost can ricochet through everything is if you've got a mission, or if you've got a reason, it doesn't matter. Like you, you'll get there. Yes, absolutely. I, that's so cool that you're 20, you're the age that I was when I, when I started all this. So <laughs> crazy. And look where it's taking you. That's um, like an, a wild ride. Mm, absolutely. Mm, and how do you feel like you had the courage working, a, you know, a job that was going to be nine to five or already set out to then be like, you know what, I'm going to take those risks. I'm going to, you know, get a loan and not sure if I'm going to get it back. I'm going to go down a route where it's not nine to five work. How did you foster the courage to do that? I didn't think about it like that. Honestly, I didn't know if people do. At the time, I didn't think, oh, I'm an entrepreneur. I just thought, well, this is an exciting project. Like, let's go, let's do it and see what comes from it. I knew what it was like to work a nine to five. Like, I did it for one year. That's the only year of my life that I worked like that. And it was the most awful thing I could imagine in a way, mostly because I wasn't passionate about the cause. And I know you definitely can work a nine to five that you're really passionate about and, and it, it can be impactful. But, you know, to me, it wasn't around, oh, you, these are my set work hours and after work, I can go out and go drinking or dancing, or whatever people like to do. It was about, well, if our goal and our mission is to achieve X, whatever we have to put behind it is whatever we put behind it. It's not, it's not set between hours. It's not work-life balance. It's work-life harmony. It's about dedicating your life to a cause and doing everything you can to get there. Mm. Mm. Yeah, that's really well said. Mm. That's really well said. And what has been some of like your biggest learnings of the 10 years of having thinking? I think that a lot of the learnings for me we're around the way that I deal with, I guess, overcoming hurdles that have come up along the way. You know, how do you brush yourself off and get back up time and time again, working in high-risk industry, working with sometimes intellectuals that not everyone in your friendship group or, or your circle approves of? You know, I've toured some controversial speakers. I've lost friends. I've, you know, it's not been a straight journey. And so I think that for me, it's the learnings mostly have revolved around how do you get yourself back up? How do you stay on path? What drives you inside? Like, what is that that's driving you to achieve what you're trying to achieve? And maintaining that for, for this long, I think has been, has been crucial. And now for me, it's about, well, we've made X amount of impact. We've, we've done great. We've done all this. Now what's next how do we make more impact you know how do we continue to grow and evolve and I think that is now what I'm kind of focusing on you know we've overcome a lot of challenges and hurdles oh my gosh the pandemic maybe was the biggest and and so now looking into 22 and looking into 23 well what is it that we want to achieve and, and aim for to make more impact so yeah there's been there's been a lot 
of learnings, especially around overcoming failure or overcoming hurdles that we faced. Yeah. And how do you pick yourself up? Yeah, that's challenging. It's challenging only because there's many ways that people do this. For me, I think that it comes down to spending time reflecting on myself uh, and taking time for myself. So a little bit of self-love and self-care, whether that's going to the gym or going for a run or um, spending time with my family or my loved ones, I think is the most helpful. Sometimes it's easy to get stuck in a little bit of a bubble when you're like an entrepreneur because your whole world can become your your work and so taking a little bit of time out just to be like oh yeah reality exists out there (laughs) I think is good like oh real people that aren't all this heady about these intellectual ideas exist and so this session is okay kind of puts it in perspective I felt a lot during the pandemic that I was just in my bubble I was only in my world Um, and so taking time out to do regular things like go to the gym go for a run see my parents see my friends chat on the phone for a little while um I think of the ways that I give myself a little bit of self-love yeah self-love is such a massive thing and self-reflection they're both things that you can easily go without like it's not like you can necessarily notice or need those things in your life it goes so far like I am massive on self-reflection because that gives me clarity so then when I am in going in a direction like I've got the confidence and I know where I'm going but it's yeah something that because I'm doing the snow season so I'm constantly around people and I and I love the busyness of it like there's so many fun activities and people to see and things to do but it's almost like I've got to say no to something to then say yes to self-reflection or like my own time and that's really hard because it's like of course I want to go and do that but I also really value alone time me time downtime whether it be trail running or walking where I've got that clarity to actually have ideas and reflect on what's going on it's so true we can get so caught up so are you doing your part at least at the moment giving yourself a little bit of self-love and time for yourself are you are you executing on that I am I am I went for two hour bushwalk this morning and I just like just myself and I had so many realizations and one of them was I I still need more time for myself than what I'm giving and I think yeah like as an artist I actually need more time for creative art where it's not a commission it's just art for me art for my own mind and art for just expression so that's kind of something I've realized even today it's like even though I'm doing a little bit of it I still need more and I'm just finding it extremely hard at the moment because I feel like I've got to justify giving myself time because I'm always you know I've got housemates and people like oh let's go snowboarding and all these things and like saying no for something that doesn't seem valid necessarily it's tricky that's definitely a big learning so challenging absolutely you're right you're right and but once you do make that space it does totally revolutionize your life yeah it's amazing and I can I feel like I'm quite intuitive now I can feel when things are getting a bit out of balance when like I'm still a big extrovert but I can feel when I need to recharge my batteries if I haven't given enough time to say art or study and and those things I definitely feel it so it's a good thing to be able to tap into yeah that's so funny that you said that you're an extrovert actually I think I am an introvert um and people don't believe me when I say that (laughs) definitely I identify as an introvert um and I I, I'm an only child and so I've spent a lot of time on my own growing up and I definitely have some only child tendencies I I think although my friends say oh you know you're fine you're not you don't have any scars from that (laughs) but I definitely think I have some tendencies but I 
although I work in industry where it's very extroverted, you know, mm-hmm. a lot of out there, out there, um, I feel that I'd need that time to recharge. And that to me is that that introversion. Um, that's that time when I'm spending a little too long, you know, out there on the road touring or with people or whatever it is. I just need that time to decompress. Um and then that's when I'm, I think, at my best is when I've really given myself that time that I need. Yeah, I'm I'm on you with that. Maybe I am more introverted than I thought because I've always like, oh, maybe it's because I'm an artist or like I love art that I need me time and downtime to have ideas and create. But I find it really hard even just being in a share house because it's like I need alone, like alone, alone. And a lot of the activities I like to do are by myself. Like I really love to go for walk. Like even if I want to go for a walk or something I'd rather go alone so I can like think and just be and then when I want to socialize socialize or like have the night just for downtime and there's people always everywhere and like it it's draining and I think it's funny because if I look at my calendar it's chockers like it's fun things and people and activities but I also need a lot of downtime a lot more than my friends so maybe I'm more introverted (laughs) <laughs> yeah you should have a think about it how you how you identify that um I find that very interesting everyone says I'm an extrovert when I say I'm an introvert they're like you're lying I'm like no I, really <laughs> yeah I think it's that's very interesting yeah and I think it's actually good to know where you said those things like I study psychology and I think that's why I, I prioritize understanding myself and the mind and have the podcast I think but I yeah. think if you start to know what your personality is like if you're someone who needs to recharge a lot if you're someone who needs people to recharge it helps you navigate your way through life being like all right these are the things that boost me these are the things I can only have in moderation like I have found that kind of self-discovery path of understanding what I need in my life and my schedule so fundamental yes I'm absolutely on the same page with you there definitely Mm, goes a long way and what what else do you think you've kind of learnt from some of the speakers or the people that you've been around? Yeah, um, so much. So um, one speaker that I've been around who had a really dramatic impact on me was Dr. Cornell West. I don't know if you've ever heard of him, but he's a social justice activist from the US, African-American social justice activist who has written a couple of very influential books on race and justice. And spending time with him taught me more. I taught him twice, 2015 and 2017. And being on tour with him taught me about being present, bearing witness, being there through good and bad. And it also taught me a- about treating everybody the same. So, you know, we'd, we'd, we would be walking through a venue and he would say hello, brother, to a janitor, the same way that he would say hello, brother, to the CEO of the venue. And um, he would never let anyone stand, well, like walk behind him out of a door. He'd always open the door and let everyone else through first and then he would walk through the door. Um, things like that, that really taught me the value of putting other people first and valuing everyone equally. And from that point on, I felt exactly like that was that was a calling and a duty for me. It was It was very important to me to make sure that everyone that I came across, I treated with respect and treated the same way. So I think that that type of learning, you know, you can't really get from just reading, reading his books, that spending time together and, and getting that from him, which I think was really, really important. And then other lessons from other talent, I mean, spending time with someone like Jane Goodall, 
you know, she's a complete badass. Like she is so cool. She has achieved so much in her life is, you know, really getting on in age, but still is so passionate about the cause and so knowledgeable about the cause and is just such a badass female. Like takes nothing from no one. She knows who she is. Uh, Even though she's like small petite, she's like top of her game. So like learning, I'll never forget like, she was like, when you come out on stage, I want you to kick your heels off. They're like, you know, that's, that's restraining for us women. Don't wear your heels on stage. I was like, oh my, God, I need to wear my heels on stage. But she was like, no, take your heels off. So it's so, so cool. So little things like that, that I've kind of learned along the way. But, you know, a lot that I've learned is also just in, in business and being a female entrepreneur is, you know, negotiations, learning how to value other people's objectives and what their their wants and needs are and being able to kind of come to good negotiated settlements with people around um, contracts or whatever it might be. And I think that that has been a huge learning for me through my journey is like, well, how do you really stand up there as a young female entrepreneur and achieve big things in a male dominated industry? So that those types of things as well have been quite impactful. Mm. Yeah, that's incredible that you've had the opportunity as well to learn things firsthand from being around these people and actually because that's, yeah, there's so much you can learn from a book, but actually learning from people and experience is just, yeah, it's just unreal. And that's really beautiful as well to see. And you're saying about treating people as equal, like it's so easy in that kind of, I don't, I've had a hit and miss experience, I think, with personal development, where I think there was almost for the programs I was doing, there was too much emphasis on um, making money and being big and like almost this kind of ego driven thing. It's like, I'm number one. And if I'm number two, it's not good enough until I'm number one. And a lot of this competitiveness that didn't quite like sit well. And so it's Mm. really beautiful to see that you can still learn to like, let go of the ego, to treat everyone the same, to see the good in everyone. It's yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. I I think so too. I think that that was, that really, really stuck with me. Like I'll never forget this incredibly famous man and all he wanted to do was be respectful and loving with other people and break bread and say kind things and he knew who he was it wasn't that he was degrading himself for others it was that he could be who he was with the suave and gravitas but as well elevate others to his level so it's not about putting pushing yourself down it's about raising other people up and I think that's what's special about it and I think that's what's nice. So, yeah, it certainly has been a journey and there has been a lot of lessons along the way, but there's been ones that have stuck with me and I think will stick with me forever. Yeah, yeah, I can imagine. And I think that's really cool being kind of like associating or like being around these kind of people. I've noticed that like as, as I've done like personal development and the podcast and having these people in my life, it's such an incredible support, like really good to be able to bounce off ideas and have really incredible people around you it's almost like you get excited because the conversations you're having are really enriching and people are really like making the most and following their own passions and spreading these like really incredible ideas it's almost like it raises your whole world up as well absolutely and don't they say you know you are the product of the five people that you surround yourself with like that is undeniably true I don't know if it's five and I don't know that you know you you always have to be surrounded by top tier people but it's definitely the case that the people that we choose to keep in our company influence the way that we see the world the way that we speak to others the way that we engage with people opportunities you know that that come from that are are very very far-reaching and so I think that um 
having good people around is really important. I mean, for me, it's it has been challenging because a lot of my young years, um, I spent spent very dedicated to the business, and I did I did feel like I couldn't dedicate a lot of my time to friendships, uh, and so that's something that I think about a lot now is about well. I could spend that extra half day working or I could go to my friend's birthday party. And that was a hard decision for me before. It was like, I really would rather be working than sitting here talking to my friends. Um, and these days I lean much more into spending time with friends and family. Not to say I don't dedicate most of my life to working, but I think that there's some value in actually spending time with people that value you. So you can bounce ideas, you can progress yourself, you can further yourself by surrounding yourself with the right people. So I think it's crucial. And yes, it's cool that I have these uh, associates and colleagues, no doubt, um, that's that's been formative for me. Yeah, I think that actually is the exact right word to describe it. It has formed me into exactly who I am. Like Susie Jamil that you see here today has been formed by all these relationships that I formed and the journey that I've been on over the last decade for sure. Mm, and that would just be unreal, the impact that would have had. Because I can't agree anymore than like your environment. Like I, when I moved to the snow season, I was in staff accommodation and like, I'm a yes woman. Like if I get so excited about projects, so excited about ideas and I was saying no to everything. It was like, Oh, come to the pub. Nah, like I'm going to do my own thing. Oh, come drinking, come this. I'm like, nah. And people are kind of like, what's wrong? I was like, it's just, this is not what I want to be doing at all. I have no kind of interest. And now I'm becoming more of a yes woman, which is really exciting about my um, new podcast. I'm friends with like, um adventurers who are also filmers and like they're on their own projects and passions I'm like yes like I've got that yes back it's just purely because that's my environment I feel like it was not the wrong move but it wasn't right for the kind of visions that I was having where I was so now that I've moved and changed that's been nice but the environment's everything absolutely that's so cool that you can you can really feel that yourself like you've got like this internal intuition and I I think that's so cool Um, I don't think I had that as much at your age. Um, and so I think that that's really cool to see that you that that's actually inside of you already. I think it took years and years for me to be able to form that. So, and I think it is crucial. So, and you're really lucky that that already exists within you. Yeah, yeah. And at 22, how did you kind of navigate your way through that? I'm assuming a lot of your friends may have been kind of partying, socializing, or just, you know, working their normal jobs. How did you then deal with having this kind of strong passion for your like mission and vision and and work? was really hard it was really hard because people did not really know what it was to be an entrepreneur or a business owner in my friendship groups I don't have a lot of entrepreneurial friends um and I'm still like today I'm like where are the communities I want to be a part of it um can someone invite me like what am I missing (laughs) um but they (laughs) after this long have just adapted to the fact that this is what I do for a living and so now they're used to it they they I think kind of thought it was a pipe dream as well. Like a lot of the people that I was surrounded with, my family and friends kind of thought, hmm, okay. <laughs> like, but once they saw it happening in action and they saw that I could achieve that and I was actually good at what I did, then th- there was no more I had to prove, you know. Mm. I felt like a lot of my time has been spent <laughs> proving to people that I am more than they expect me to be. <laughs> and I'm okay with that because there's some... There's something that feels about the fact that you can that you can kind of exceed expectations. I'm very much like a under promise over deliver type person in general. And I feel like that actually, it was just literally 
the way that it played out for me is like people were like, Are you, do you even know how to make a budget? Do you even know how to reach out? To, do you know how? I'm like, if I don't know, I'll work it out. You know, I made my first film in, I started making my first film in 2016. I have no filmmaking experience, but I knew that that's what I wanted to do. And the entrepreneurial spirit inside me was like, why can't you do it? You can. And so I did. And so it, it, yeah, it didn't go along the traditional path of how a film is typically made, but why does it matter? At the end of the day, the film itself premiered in LA, New York and streaming on Amazon Prime. So we achieved the goals, you know, it doesn't matter how you get there ultimately. And so, I mean, come back to your point, how was it? What was it like? It was incredibly challenging, mm-hmm. incredibly challenging at that point, not having real support. But I think that that inbuilt something in me that one of my kind of core values is being resilient. It's resilience and being able to get back up and brush off, you know, okay, let's, let's go again. And, you know, I relate to like the, the symbol of the Phoenix, you know, rising from the ashes and starting again, that sits nice inside of me when I think of that kind of symbol. And um, that's how it's kind of felt over and over again. Yeah. So it's, it's been a challenge, but Hey, that's the fun of it, huh? That's life. Absolutely. So I guess it's kind of, yeah, why ask? Because I feel like I'm in that kind of thing at the moment. It's like everyone's kind of wanting to just like snowboard and drink and stuff. And I'm very, very much like I am very motivated. I'm very like ready to be doing these podcasts and art and throw myself out there in that way. And it, and it is true. It's challenging. And that's why I kind of have the podcast is to foster that community about other people who are following their passions without necessarily the support behind them or um, the community or the people already there like you don't even know I don't even know what direction I'm necessarily gonna go like it's exciting but there's nothing already planned out like my career and way of life will be however my ambition and imagination is so it's like really exciting but it's just yeah I don't know where where it's necessarily gonna go but that's exciting and I think resilience that you touched on is a game changer in life like that is what gets you through hardship it's what gets you through challenges what I think, yeah, resilience is such a key thing and that's incredible that you have so much of it. Thank you. No, I think that that's really so cool that you don't exactly know where you're going. Like um, what an exciting, like, cool position to be in. Like let's go with it. I know essentially the direction, but I don't know exactly what path, you know, and I think there's something, there's real beauty to that. So I'm here cheering you along. I'm I'm a supporter. <laughs> definitely, definitely. Thanks. Yeah, no, it's it's exciting. It's not an unknown. I don't know what I'm doing myself. It's just this whole like I feel like it hasn't necessarily come out in me yet or been realized, and that's kind of the exciting part. Yes, absolutely. So yeah. cool. Yeah, well, thank you so much for coming on and being able to talk a little bit about your journey of coming together with Think Inc. and the lessons you've learned and some of the things that you've had to overcome and understand while creating the business. No worries, Lisa. Thank you so much for having me. It's been a real pleasure. I look forward to continuing to support your journey. Thank you for having me on. Thank you.